When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome to the Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Now each year around 1 billion takeaway coffee cups are produced and then they're thrown in the trash. In fact, takeaway coffee cups are estimated to be the second biggest contributor to litter waste after plastic bottles. Well, one Aussie business straight out of Sydney is about to change all that, and that business is called Soul Cups. Now they produce sustainable, reusable cups and bottles all made from hand-blown glass. And today I'm speaking with the founder of the business, Rebecca Vexler. Came up with the idea just a few years ago while recovering from an autoimmune disease. I want to find out from Rebecca what inspired her to set up Soul Cups and how growing up with her family in product development gave her invaluable knowledge when it came to creating the prototype. I also want to ask her how she's using her business as a platform for educating others on the environment and really importantly how she amplifies her message in order one to build a brand but two to change the way we think. So, let's get into it. Rebecca, welcome to the mentor. Thank you for having me. Good morning. It is a good morning actually and uh I only was talking last week about um how I am no longer wanting to use plastic bottles. And, Great. Uh, and uh, <laughs> glad to be which, here and support which, it. By the way, I only just thought about um but I got prompted to think about it by uh watching a show called The War on Waste or something like that on the ABC when I was sick a few weeks ago. I had nothing to do and I sort of watched that and I didn't watch the whole show because it was killing me. But one of the things I got <laughs> out of it was um, the amount of plastic that was being wasted and I realised that I'm being a contributor. So I'm now drinking out of a, a reusable this one, stainless steel bottle. That would, I think it's stainless steel anyway. Um, and all of a sudden I'm meeting you. Amazing. So perfect timing. Yeah, totally perfect timing. Uh, do I detect American accent? No, no. It's I'm going to fool you completely. You'll never know where I'm from. Well, tell me then, <laughs> since I'll never know where you're from. Born here, but Russian background. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Russian. Both parents yeah. or everyone in the family from Odessa. Right. Wow. Yeah. Odessa is it in Russia? No, it's in Ukraine. Yeah, I thought but so. Yeah. Back then, uh, in the USSR. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Soviet. So you're born. You're born here. Born here, but first language is Russian. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever met a Russian person on my podcast before. So um, <laughs> first welcome. time for everything. There so you go. So t- tell me about your background. Like um, uh, when I watch, I don't know how old you are, but you're in your twenties. I'm twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're a young person, and uh, all of a sudden you've gone out and done this new business called Soul Cups. But I don't want to talk about that just yet. I want to go back to your background. I mean, you've got Russian parents. Where did <laughs> you grow up? So Bondi born, 
true Bondi local, one of the few left. Yeah, not many. Um, not many. Uh, yeah, I had an amazing childhood brought up in Sydney. Um, By both parents? Yeah, uh, separated, but very They're still close, boisterous yeah. family, yeah. you know, Eastern Europeans, we're all close. Um, yeah, but grew up really being uh, educated and entertained in the concept of constantly questioning things. Um, we grew up in the, with a very healthy family despite our background, so no sugar, no junk food in the house, no plastic, um, really being drilled. Is that like a, is that like a, you know, something that comes out of the Soviet? I mean, where's that come no, from? No, I think it was just my family. Just your family. So yeah. you, you mean, no, not, no, I'm talking about um, not only being conscious of plastic, but mm. also being conscious of health generally. Yeah. No sugar. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty mad. It like, was all uh, health based. So well, 25 years ago, or 20 years ago, for argument's sake, uh, when you were five, uh, <laughs> people thinking about no sugar—that's sort of fairly unusual. Absolutely. In, so in this country, at least. Ah, uh, completely. I was one in a million, especially in the group that I was being brought up with at school, because we were all immigrant kids. So all the families were eating, you know, all the all the junk food. So I was that one weird kid with like an apple. And like some organic version of a roll-up. How did you feel about that? Um, it actually didn't bother me. I was I was quite excited by the concept of feeling like I knew something that other people didn't. Yeah, really? Yeah. At, at a young age, or or did you? When did you first realize that that's something oh, yeah. different about me? Oh, since I could talk. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, so you, so therefore, given that you took that view, you probably never rebelled. Oh, I rebelled all the time. No, but against that, <laughs> against, no, against health. Um, no, I probably did. I, I went through um, a funny phase, probably just closer to my teens. I went through um, many years of depression and up and down with my mental health and my weight. Um, but it wasn't necessarily a rebellion against my family. I think I was just, um, it was sort of, my brain was overactive from a very, very young age. So I think I was just dealing with different levels of that. It's interesting that you had a weight problem like too heavy or too light? Too heavy. Too heavy. Yeah. So yet you weren't eating sugar or obviously something well, happened. Perhaps I would have been from grandparents or, yeah. you know, school, but it wasn't, it was never about that. It was more, um, it was mental health and hormones and, right. and all of that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And uh, how did your parents deal with that? Because when, I mean, I, I think when parents are really focused about health and, mm. you know, uh, ecological principles, you know, a principal people, that would have been a tough thing for them to deal with. Absolutely. Yeah. It would have been tough for anyone to deal with. Yeah. Parents are just people, aren't they? Yeah. But when you're really principled about mm. certain things, uh, you really want, when you've got a kid, I mean, I, yeah. I, as a father, I know as you get principled about certain types of things that you think are important to your life, you're trying to, you know, you know imprint it put, onto put your children. Correct. Yeah. And, and uh, then when that doesn't turn out the way you want it to turn out, you get your parents can get quite distressed yeah. about that. I mean, but, that's another thing you would have had I mean, to deal with. That's an interesting, I mean, we can talk about psychology with all of that and the disconnect between a parent's needs and then a child's sort of their own needs. Um, I, I think I'm very lucky to have the parents I had. My, my mother is very forward thinking. So I grew up with her mainly. So I was very fortunate to have her in my life, although she is just a person and has no experience with the certain things that I had gone through. She could only support me the best she could. So, you know, like any family. <laughs> but do you think any of those things uh, formed the substance of you, you know, like going through those mm. events formed the substance of you given to where you are today in terms of, you know, 
Absolutely. in terms of soul cups, for example. Absolutely, because it, it provided me a basis of the understanding that everything should be questioned, everything should be talked about. There's no boundaries in terms of um, opportunity for education and learning more things and that you don't know everything. That was the foundation of my childhood is being instilled with that mindset. But how does that translate into um, environmentally friendly? I, yeah. don't know, I hate that word, <laughs> that, that phrase. But It's a big marketing term, isn't it? Yeah. But how does that, yeah, correct. But but nonetheless, it's sort of what a lot of people understand, I guess. It's a term of covering everything. But how did that that lifestyle, that growing up, that experience, and also, I guess, um, your own experiences, plus the way your parents spoke to you, how did that translate into this, into this thing I'm holding in my hand yeah. here, this uh, glass Beautiful hand-blown glass Well, bottle. apart from the beauty, I mean, it's, it, I'm talking about the functionality <laughs> just yet at the moment. I mean, the beauty of it will come to um, but the functionality, yeah. first and foremost, it's meant to have a function. Correct. Yeah. Then, then you want to make it pretty and nice exactly. and people think, wow, that's cool. Exactly. Um, but the functionality, how do you think, I'm, I'm trying to get the bottom of, I know, so I know I often think about why I think a certain way. Yeah. Um, how did your experiences get to this? So I got my handy. The basis of this product, the essence of it comes from the concept of education. I wanted to create a platform for education. That was the goal because we look at manufacturing and we look at ethical manufacturing and we look at products today that are reusable and we look at greenwashing. So the basis that my family provided me in terms of how I think um, allowed me to create a product that was truly authentic in ethics and sustainability. So the product that you're holding today is me going out there and questioning everything and saying, there are other hundred reusable products out there, but they're either all made from plastic, which is the basically the major issue that we're facing, um, or it's not as innovative as it could be. It's not as smart as it could be. So we wanted to create a product. I wanted to create a product that was actually solving the problem from the start, and that was to stop plastic production completely and to make sure that it connected to our health. So you're drinking from a product that isn't going to impact your health at all because it's non-permeable. So it's it's glass. It's the purest form of a product you can find. Okay. So you're, so if I was to ask you what was the problem you were trying to solve, the major problem, mm. what would you say? To stop plastic production and to create a platform for education. Okay. But when you say, you mean stop plastic production for water bottles? For all reusable products. Yeah, but it does. This this here does. This thing I'm holding in my hand mm. doesn't stop the production of plastic for a plastic bag, for example, when someone goes to Woolworths or Coles or whatever the hell they go to. Correct. So, so we have a product line. Oh, you got a product line. Okay. So we don't just produce Over bottles. We this. have many different types of reusable okay, cups. Okay. We have so reusable straws. We have tote bags. We have pouches for right. food and everything. So yeah. so it's a line of products. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Not just the thing I'm holding in my hand. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Good. And I notice that this is plastic. Plastics. Is that what is that? Silicon. What is that? What's what this thing here? Silicon. What is that? Tell me what silicon is. Silicon is basically um, plant-based material. So it it's um, still not the best, greatest thing that we can put into the planet, but at least it's recyclable and biodegradable. So we can work with it. So I guess we'll come back and talk about the product itself. We'll get yeah, into details because I'm, I'm keen to know, understand it, and you know, understand the design and all absolutely. That type of stuff and, uh, Size, why I picked this size, and because it's quite big. Yes. Um, mind you, every, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I guess you, I'm curious because you'll tell me <laughs> why. Why well, you've probably done some research on this, but I, I, I want to ask you when you were, say, 
fifth. When did you leave school? What stage? Uh, grade 12. So it would have been 17. So what did you do during that period at school? Um, say your latter years, did you ever sit down to yourself and say, look, I want to be an architect. I want to be a builder. I want to be a plumber. What did you say to yourself? I could never work for somebody else. I knew that straight away. I've had, I've had jobs. I've worked for other people. And, um, I, you can ask anyone in my circle. I was always creating and I was always delegating and I was always leading. It's what I'm passionate about. It's, I was brought here to empower people and inspire people to be the best version of themselves. And whatever creative way I can do that, that's what I'm going to always do. So since I was probably eight years old, I was always creating something, doing a business, some kind of fun startup, um, any way that I could create an imprint. So I never had the intention of going, you know, I'm going to be a architect or a doctor or, you know, I just knew that I was put here to create something. But you could, you could create as a I mean, as an architect, you could create something. I mean, that's what architects do. Um, when you say you couldn't work for something, you mean you couldn't work in a firm or, yeah. or an organization. But you, you want to be like an independent. I mean, I'm sure I could, and I'm sure I'd do it very well, but it wouldn't be fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. My, so so yeah. are we talking, because I mean, a lot of people listen to these things and they think, oh, wow, I'm stuck in a job at a bank and yeah. uh, I'm working for the man, but I really would like to work for somebody else. What I'm trying to um, get out of you here is for those listeners is what it is that you have to have that drives you inside that actually mm. will make you feel fulfilled once you leave because it's not that easy once you, you know, if you get out of this environment, it's pretty tough. It's very hard. And you can't just be a creative soul. You've got to be more than that. You've got to have some skills. You have you've to you've have got to actually be able to deliver. Correct. And you need resilience and you need willpower. You need strength. You need fire and passion. But you need skill. I you mean, need skill. You've you got need... to have something that the market wants. Otherwise Absolutely. You don't, you don't make any money. You sit around creating Absolutely. all day and you get fuck all. Um, That's exactly so, right. So what what did you do when you were in year 12? Did you did someone sit down with you or did you work it out yourself? What am I going to do here mm. to be this person I want to be for the rest of my life or at least for the amount of life you can see in front of me? <laughs> what did you do? Did you say, okay, I'm going to leave school, I'm going to go and do something? What did you decide? So I went on a pretty um, completely strange journey, to be fair. I actually... At the time during school, the most passionate thing that I had going on for me was actually ancient history. And I was really barely at school. I was actually quite unwell. I had really bad depression in about year 10 and 11. Um, and I was very fortunate to have the support I did from my high school. But I got through it. I did very well. Um, did you go to school around east of it? I went to Redham. Redham, right, okay. Yeah. Okay. In Bondi um, Junction. In Bondi Beach in Bondi Junction. Yeah. 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 Amazing school. Um, and... So I actually, I left high school and I did my first year in uni doing an archaeology degree and art psychology. And I thought at that time, God knows what I'm going to do with this, but it's what I love. It's what I feel good doing. So I'm going to dive in and I'm just going to see what happens next. Um, I finished the first year quite quickly. I packed a lot in. I was really eager. I was excited. And I thought, you know what? I need to go travel. This isn't right for me. This is not the direction I needed to go in. It's fun. It's exciting, but it's not who I am. So I left to travel all of Europe. And I had, as you can imagine, the best experience you can think of. Incredible networks, incredible people, um, beautiful time. And I came back and actually became a personal trainer. How which, long, but how long did you travel for? How long did you travel Almost for? a year. Okay. Yeah. And, and what did you, but traveling's, what, I mean, did we on a, a Kentucky tour? Or what, no, what, did you, what do you mean by travel? Backpacking with um, one of my best girlfriends. But so, what, like, what did you do that actually added to your life and gave you an experience that 
turned out in this area, into this area, into the your product lines? Anything, or was it just more a ga- uh, not a gap year, but just like just get me out of here? Um, it, in the beginning, I think it was an escape. In all reality, I thought, let's get out of here, let's escape. I'm 18, um, let's do something different because I hadn't even left the country yet. Um, and the experiences that I had were eye-opening and incredibly beautiful because I was open. And for the first time in my life, I was doing things that I would never normally do. And that was going out and meeting new people and being brave and um, dealing with any insecurities that I had or any issues that I had and just experiencing everything and anything always. That was my concept was that I could do anything. And it was it was just grounding and it matured me and it made me into a much stronger person. Maybe, and I think that's an important point. I mean, a lot of us look at our kids when they're that age and we mm. say to them, you know, what are they going to do? To me, a lot of times it's just maturity. I mean, yeah. at 17, 18. What do you, you know? <laughs> well, you're not mature. You don't know anything. But, I mean, you probably know anything at 18 or 19 either or 20, but yeah, you're just not mature. Exactly. And you move away from a structure, a structure environment, which is where you get, where you go to school. Yeah, you've got to get up and go there a certain time. You end up at university and it's totally unstructured. Exactly. And, um, you know, and depending where you live, um, that, that can be a bit of a, a traumatic sort of experience. Yeah, it can be a shock to the system yeah. completely. And then sometimes you're better off just being totally doing nothing and just becoming like you just did. You went and spent a year traveling. That that Because when you go to university, you're neither here nor there. You're neither structured and you're not, or are you unstructured. If you take off, you're totally unstructured. So at least you're one or the other. And you, you've got to get your brain into being unstructured. That's exactly right. And uh, and, and by the way, you, you've got to be fortunate enough to be able to go too. Not everyone can do that. Correct. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I guess some, some, how did you support yourself when you were traveling? I, well, I was, I was working during all of high school. Um, I did whatever I could to, to make sure I was supporting myself and my family. Um, and yeah, so we, we actually spent barely any money, but this was 2012 where it was not as expensive as it is now. So I would have been paying five euro a night for it. You know, a house bed. in Portugal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit different. I think I was pretty lucky at that time. But we, my best friend and I that traveled, we were very smart with how we spent money. We we weren't tight, but we were, we were brave. Well, that in smart. itself was a good experience. Absolutely. And then you've, you come back from uh, your traveling, which is maybe 2019. What did you do then? So I became a personal trainer. This right. is, was a complete shift in my life. I mean, Based on my youth and what I had been through, um, fitness, exercise, mental health is a big part of my life. Um, one of my biggest passions, aside from everything, is psychology, human behavior, the brain, neuroscience, all of this. Um, I, I've had an a autoimmune disease since I was 11 called chronic fatigue. And I'll tell you the story sort of a little bit later, but I got very, very ill in 2016. So as, as I became a personal trainer at 18, 19... Um, I felt a connection to fulfilling my passions. I felt that finally I was in a place, maybe it wasn't the perfect place, maybe, maybe this wasn't my future forever, but I was doing something that I knew meant something to me. Um, and it changed my life because when you talk about maturity and starting a business from scratch, being a personal trainer is every essence of it because you run the show, you run everything. If you don't work hard, you don't have clients. If you don't have clients, you can't pay your bills. Um, you have to do all of it and figure it out fast. Um, you need to have hustle. You need to be hungry. You need to be a marketing expert. You need to be a salesperson. You need to be all of those things. So this taught me so much 
just in terms of what I was capable of and what I actually knew already and what I what skills and talents I really had. A fast forward personal trainer, what how long did you do that for? Uh so I would have been until basically until 2016. Right. So th- 2000 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So so personal trainer personal training mm. or that undertaking um was pretty much took you up to this Correct. this new venture. Yeah. So uh, before I go to the break, I just want to ask you one quick question. Like, what skill do you think you learned from being a personal trainer? I don't mean as a personal trainer. No, I know what you mean. What, that carry forward into this new business. Understanding people and understanding how to communicate to variants of people and to truly connect and build relationships. That's the number one most important thing I learned. Yeah, the ability to sell. Correct, yeah. But that's what selling is about. It's about understanding. So, okay, that's great. I want to go to the break and I'm going to come back with you and I want to sort of bring you to where you are now Mm. and uh, your product lines and your new business and what inspired you to do it. And I want you to explain to me, uh, you know, your design or your thinking around your design. And uh, um, I want to talk about how this business is going. Um, And I, 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 because I find it quite intriguing that someone can go from being a kid at school by the sound of it, you know, like school is just something you just get a process you're going through. To someone who travels around the world, then become a personal trainer, next thing you know where you're producing, um, I don't know what you call it, but it's not environmentally friendly. I mean, I might get you to explain what it is, but it's it's also, some people might say it's trendy. Yep. Um, well, it's a lifestyle product. Yeah, and I, I need to know uh, you're gonna what you, love what you <laughs> what think I about say. that and, and yeah. why, what it was that actually inspired you to do this or, or more importantly made you do it. Okay, I'm back here with Rebecca and her business is called, well, Soul Cups, but as I understand it, it's a whole product range. So is it called Soul Cups? Soul Product. Soul Product. Yeah. And it's spelled S-O-L. And I'm going to come back to, well, let's just deal with the name. I've got to deal with the name first. (laughs) S-O-L, yes. where did the name come from? What inspired you to get that name? Amazing. Um, so soul is sun yep. in multiple different languages. Um, the essence of finding a name, we had a few little sort of guidelines, you know, keep it short, sharp, no more than three letters, rolls off the tongue, all of that jazz. But soul means something important to me. Um, it's it's a direct representation of earth. So if you look at one of our cups later, I'll show you in the light. Um, when you hold the silicon up to the sky, you can see our logo with the zigzags inside. So it's like the sun setting in the waves. So there's a whole play on the experience that Bondi, the customer has. Exactly. So exactly I, right. So, so, so it's really meant to be, it's, it's about the sun. So soul is, because I, I actually thought maybe it was a, someone's name or, or <laughs> no. soul, soul could be someone's a short, short version of Solomon or something like that. No, no. Um, so it's about the sun. About the planet, about yeah. the earth, yeah, and about, and about the, the planet Earth and the interaction of the the sun and the earth. And I guess S O L with that underscore on mm. the O is that supposed to be like the sun setting or something? Yeah, exactly. Or the connection between the sun and the earth? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So I understand where the name came from, but more importantly, where the idea came from? The whole thing. The Why whole did you do thing. it? Tell me what happened. Um, so my story is a little bit sort of jumbled. Basically, as we were talking about before, I was personal training, um, and I was doing really well. I was managing gyms. I was running amazing boot camps. I had a very successful business. Um, and I actually had another startup on the side. So I was designing workshops on mental health to deliver in corporate spaces. And I had an incredible team of people, experts, everyone you can think of involved designing, 
creating this workshop um, and it was almost ready to launch. And for some odd reason, I thought maybe I should go back to uni. I was young. I thought perhaps I have no credibility. Who's going to listen to me? Who's going to you know let me inspire them and talk if I don't have a degree behind me? That was a stupid idea, but I tried. Um, I went back and I remember sitting in the first semester of class looking at these 17, 18 year olds next to me who knew nothing and were uninspired, not excited, not passionate, didn't want to be there. And I thought, why am I here? I've already got an amazing idea. I'm hungry. I'm excited. I'm passionate. I don't want to waste my time sitting in this, you know, small classroom doing absolutely nothing with a teacher who's also uninspired. And I almost ended up guest lecturing one of my classes because I just couldn't sit still and listen to the crap that was <laughs> being said. So I thought that's it. Dropping out for a second time, not for me. Going back, hitting everything much harder, going to make sure this startup works and really inspires a lot of people. We were pushing it into universities, high schools, um, corporate spaces, everything. Um, still had the personal training company going and I was competing. So I was doing weightlifting. And as you can imagine, I burnt out. And I in the th end of 2016, I woke up one day and I couldn't walk. So I developed a much, much worse off autoimmune disease called fibromyalgia. That's a name they give it. Whatever that means, I don't know. Essentially, I ended up in a wheelchair for a little while. So walking stick, couldn't walk, head-to-toe chronic pain, worst pain I've ever experienced. Don't wish that on my worst enemy. And doctors are telling me, you're only going to get worse. Good luck. We have no idea what's wrong with you. Nothing's showing up. We've got no clue. You know, we'll see what happens. So that was three months of intense depression and trauma because your whole life is movement. Your whole life is being with people. And suddenly I can't even get out of bed. I can't even lift up glass. And a life with pain is pretty horrifying. And, but that's not how my mindset works. So I said, no matter what's going to happen next, I'm going to be fine. I'll get better. I don't care what the doctors say to me. That's not what, that's not my future. And the essence of soul, although it was trickling down from, you know, months prior, it was a conversation I would have had with my mom or friends or family. Um, it really connected in that moment when I was truly unwell, when I was truly at a point where I had no idea what was next for me in my life. This made sense. This was what connected the dots that said, this is aligning my values, my purpose, my passions, my inspiration for life. And this is going to work no matter what, because of all of that. This being, what, and what was this? The product itself. No, but more than the product. I mean, it's more than the product. Yeah, it was. What is this? This was creating that platform for education. It was the stepping stone to all the greater things that I'm going to be doing. This was the beginning of a reflection of me in in a bigger way in in what I was trying to achieve in life. And that was making sure that I was producing something that was true to my heart, but allowed other people to also feel inspired and excited to do better things. So, but I often say, you know, uh, what is the emotional thing that mm. your product is servicing um, as opposed to what is your product? I and mean, we'll come yeah. back to the product, but What's the emotional thing that your product is servicing? I mean, what is what is the basic fundamental human need that you are servicing or, or providing for? Positive experience in explain, everything we explain, do. Explain that. And I think that's one of my biggest value points is every essence of this brand 
every interaction you have with this brand is designed, created, and with intention to have a positive experience. And whatever that means to that individual, if we brighten their day, if we give them a moment of thought, of excitement, of happiness, of joy, because they're doing something right for the world, for the environment, for their health, that's that's what I want to feel. That's what I want to achieve. So that, that's who your customer is, I guess. So your 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 customer is the one who wants to, who gets their re, their reward center in their brain is activated as a result of doing something good for, let's say, for the world or the environment or yeah. whatever. I mean, there's a thousand things you could put on the end of that, but but you're 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 trying to provide something for amount of money, which is the business side of things, the commercial side of things, um, in order, uh, you're trying to um, stimulate the reward center in someone's brain. Exactly. Yeah, and the reward center in some people's brain today is driven by what they can do to make a difference. Exactly. There's not everybody. Not everybody, but it's but it's it's looming. Well, there's a new, it, there's a new, there's, there's a, a new, new milieu of people growing up yeah. in that environment. A lot of people around your age, you know, in your category, in your generation. Yeah. Probably more so than in my generation, and uh, although my generation is starting to think about it, um, hopefully, um, but your generation is much more aware of it. Yeah. So to some extent you're tapping into something, I don't, I'm not going to call it trending, but something that is trending. In essence, yes. Yeah, it's trending in that it's people right are interested, time. people inquire about it, people talk about it, people think about it. There's a community within it. Yeah, and yeah. It, that community is building. Um and it's probably been around for, I don't know, maybe it's been, well, my, it's sort of been growing for 10 years or more, I guess. Um, I mean, in the old days, it was just people in Byron Bay and other places. <laughs> um, but now it's sort of it's everywhere. It's m- moved <laughs> yeah. around the world. Um, it's interesting. I was listening to um, David Attenborough this morning. Um, he was addressing the parliament in the UK about the impending sort of global warming issues, which still is debated heavily. And um, he cited that the fact that America and Australia are two of the countries that uh, are on the other side of the debate at a political level, yeah. saying that uh, there is no such thing as global warming, um, that it's a, a myth. So it, it's not only trending, but more importantly, it's um, it's being argued. Yeah, it's, being it's debated. a global discussion. So, so it's, heavily. it's what I call a rising tide. And yes. in a business sense or a commercial sense, if you want to have a chance at making doing well in business, you've got to be part of a rising tide. And even if fifty percent of the people believe you and fifty percent of the people are against you, you've got they're 50%. still talking about you. You still got fifty percent, so that's a lot. Correct. Better than no one being interested at all, and you become part of the controversy, which allows you then to market your business because you can market into the controversy. You can you know, form part of the debate. You can be in and out. You can lead the debate. You, there's a whole lot of things you can do which helps your marketing environment. So how are you doing that? And I'll come back to the product in a second, but how are you doing that in terms of your building of awareness? In other words, building your notoriety mm. about something that people like. Because, you know, brands, your brand, everyone's brand is about notoriety with affection. Yeah. So I know how you're going to build affection because you're going to appeal to the, that part of the argument that agrees with you. You've got that bit. Yeah. But And you're going to also build affection by the quality of your product. Yeah. But how do you build your notoriety? So what are you doing? Are you participating in the debate? Do you, do you Instagram the debate? Do you Twitter the debate? 
you're blogging the debate. What are you doing about the debate to build your brand, your awareness, your notoriety? When, Apart from coming on to this podcast. <laughs> precisely. Um, it's, it's that exact interaction. It's at least being involved. So wherever we can put our foot in and take part and show presence, that's the community building element. It's connecting to all levels of the people. Um, so but, you, but do you go, do you, do you, do you, do you call, are you calling for a rebellion or a revolution? I mean, how, how I guess what I'm asking you, Rebecca, is yeah. how do you, I mean, people do things in different ways. You know, sometimes you get people quietly um, build support for the debate and they, they more it's about their actions as opposed to their words. Other people want to get radical and want to march down the street <laughs> with placards and burn, burn things and whatever. I don't know. You know, how do you fit into that? How does Rebecca fit into this? This is such a great um, point because I literally had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. I was sitting on a panel and we were discussing this exact topic and we had um, three activists and myself. Uh, one of them helped do, um, you know, how all the high school and uni kids yep. stopped. Yep. yep. So that was that one. Um, and then somebody else, um, she's uh, a political scientist, really interesting woman, always doing crazy, you know, activist events. Um, and then we had a real down-to-earth, Byron Bay, vibey kind of person that's all about energetic awareness, and then myself. And we had this crazy conversation that was disrupting the entire audience where everyone felt super uncomfortable because nobody knew what anyone was saying. There was no true result. There was no true goal or intention with this conversation. They were just yelling their opinions at people and telling them how to vote, essentially. And I sat there and I went, I just figured out what, we're trying to do with this product, which answers your question. And that is directly communicate to people all the small, simple ways that they can take action immediately. So I get asked all the time, okay, that's great. I'll buy a, you know, I'll buy a water bottle. I'm going to stop using plastic water bottles, but what else, what else can I do? What are other solutions? And I think that's where we want to be as that platform of education where we directly connect to our audience and say, we're going to support you on this journey. How do you amplify that though? I mean, I get the principle. Yeah. How do you amplify that? I mean, how do you, you're telling me now yeah. I'm one and you know, a hundred thousand people listen to this when they listen to the podcast, but how do you amplify that to, I don't know, a million people, not just yeah. necessarily to sell on the product, but how do you build your notoriety? I think at this day and age, digital Social media is one of the strongest way to communicate okay, all in, of this. Instagram, I guess. Yeah, yeah let's so, talk about Instagram. Okay, so are you? Let's call it prolific on Instagram. I mean, <laughs> whatever the word is. I mean, do you, are you in there? Yeah. So in? for us, that is perhaps we're polite at the moment, and we're not directly targeting anyone. Yeah, but that, that's a good question too, because I was going to go to that yeah, question. I, I mean, felt how that. are you? <laughs> are you? Are, do you want to be an activist, or or do you want? I mean, do you want to actually attack someone? Like the best way to build a brand is actually create controversy and attack. And the best way to create controversy is signal someone out. Sing Correct. Single someone out, like attack them. We, look, based on my own personal values, I believe there's always a smarter way to do something. And we can still do that and achieve those goals, but I don't want to hurt anyone mm -hmm. in essence. Um, and then my personal background, I'm the vice president of the Chamber of Commerce in Bondi and Districts. So for me, I might be taking my own path politically. And I can do things in a much stronger... You're going to take on Dave Sharma. Well, we I love Dave Sharma. <laughs> He's phenomenal. Maybe not today, um, but who knows? Who knows what will happen next? So it, it's that's my direct involvement. I'm sitting there every day, every week, talking to 
all the local politicians, all the local MPs, making sure I'm involved and I'm doing what I need to do to get my voice out. Um, but they're not the right person, are they, Rebecca? I mean, do you, I mean, that's in, just, in, just in terms of your product. Correct. I um, mean, I get it. You've got conflict management. You've got to manage the conflict of what yeah. you say and do. Yeah. I get that. Um, um, but in terms of the convincing people so we, who, who haven't thought about it, how do you get to them? Well, that's where we build these really strong campaigns throughout social. And that's, we, we started something called a soulmate campaign. And basically, once you engage with our products and you purchase one and you go on this journey, you become a soulmate and you're forever supported by us. And that's where that ability to communicate all that education, all that assistance and all that support comes from. So do you, do you I mean, and do those people, is there a, like, are you blogging to them off your website or are you just you, yeah. are you using Instagram, obviously Everything. using Instagram? Everything we can at this point. And we're only getting stronger and growing and building all of that. You know, we had a lot of learning to do. You make a lot yeah, of mistakes in small business. Um, you spend money where you shouldn't. And that's that's the really exciting part is I feel like we finally just got to the point where we're like, this is it. We nailed it. We know exactly what we need to do and this is how well, it's going to For the time being because it'll change. Correct. So, it'll change so every day. So can I ask some of your generation? <laughs> yeah. We've got a lot to talk about. still got a lot to talk about and not long to go. Um, can I ask some of your generation, how important is Facebook to you? Not very important. Okay. Not, I think not, Instagram is the way to yeah, communicate now. Facebook is yeah. events and ads. And on Instagram, are you, using, are you doing videos or are you just putting up a, like a post on putting up a tile or on your grid? or how, Yeah, uh, at the moment we're doing photos, but we will lead into video. Stories and, and then IGTV. Yeah, yeah correct. Okay. So, you know, because it's pretty powerful. I mean, it it's is. a TV station. It in fact, is. If you want to make it that way, it's your, your, the te- your television station. You can do what you like with it and say what you do and then you can work out how you... I mean, my, my gut feeling is, you know, being controversial is probably the best way to. You got to, You got to, sometimes you got to shock people into thinking. Absolutely. I and mean, I only thought about um, my use of plastic bottles because I got a shock when I saw how much plastic was being um, stored. Correct. And uh, there was off the back of there being a fire somewhere as a result of all that plastic being stored. And I thought, shit, hang on, that's me. Um, so that's the entry level, though. Yeah. So the shock is the entry level, but then we need to maintain that. Yeah. So people get distracted. Look what happened to War and Waste. That launched in what, 2017? It was strong. It was powerful. It was exciting. It boosted everybody's business. And then it died. Well, to be honest, because... I think it's a shit show. Um, okay, it's, I don't think it's well produced. I mean, that's personally. I mean, At it's the time. <laughs> I mean, it's today. It's it's not well. I mean, I couldn't watch it for more than, it was just. There was I, a lot. I, I actually felt it was, I mean, I was only watching part of one episode and I thought it was uh, so instructive but non-instructive you know like it was like i was being lectured by someone you know like and uh like it's yeah. like a like, treat me like i'm a moron it didn't um, feel good to watch no no totally i, yeah. I can't watch it can i just uh, i want really to rush along a little bit because i'm really <laughs> interested in your, in your product design yes so i mean i guess people can't see this but who are listening at least um and if you want to watch it we put it up on video too by the way um so i'm holding a bottle which is probably about 500 mils 850 actually 850 mils okay yeah. why 850 because I wanted to cater to those who have a working life. So you think about you in the office, you don't need to get up every four minutes to refill your bottle. This is going to sustain you. It's going to make sure you're drinking more water, keeping hydrated and healthy. Okay, right. So um, the difference between tap water and whatever the water is you get when you're buying a bottle of water, I mean, is there any difference? Uh, that's so arguable. Who knows, yeah. right? But, we don't really know. You don't, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't Depends what country you're in. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like let's say here in Australia. Yeah, um, I think we're we're pretty good. I think we're okay. Yeah, absolutely. And and this uh, 
uh, sleeve that's around this particular bottle. Yes. Um, it looks like plastic, but you're telling me it's silicon. Silicon. Well, no, I mean, silicon, isn't that the stuff you make glass with? Not glass. Not glass? No. Okay. Well, so silicon, I don't even know what it is, but is that the <laughs> stuff in your fingernails? Uh, no, well, silica, so it's plant-based. Right. So yeah. it, com- it comes from plants. So it looks like it's rubber or something. Yeah. So it? obviously it's been um, coloured and manufactured to be into a mould of the shape of the bottle. Right. Why do you have that on there? Is For there a- protection. For protection. Oh, so it doesn't break. Yeah, that's exactly. like putting a sleeve around your phone. Yeah, exactly. Okay, because yeah. and why did you choose glass instead of stainless steel, or is this actual like just normal glass? Or no, so glass is a complicated product. You can have many forms of it. The cheaper it is, the lower quality it is. The more likely it's going to scratch and you know get all cloudy. Um, so we actually chose hand blown glass. So we look back at manufacturing processes. This is human involvement. This is each individual product is handmade and hand-touched and finished and polished. So this is like your finest wine glass you can possibly think of. Crystal clear, beautifully lightweight, weighs about a third of the weight of a normal cup. So it's never going to look anything other than fantastic for its life. And it's got a sort of like a timber style, it's little, got which a is nice and cool. bamboo lid. With bamboo, is it? Okay. And a and silic, uh, sorry, a stainless steel little insert. Okay. So just to seal it. I often wonder about these things. How do you keep them clean? I mean, like, I mean, can, can these things yeah. get bacteria in them or something? I don't know. Well, everything needs to be cleaned. Yeah. Absolutely. So we provide a solution for everything. So it comes in a beautiful hemp bag with a cleaning brush. So yeah. when you go home, you can actually wash it properly. It's a bottle um, brush. Yeah. So to speak. And, uh, and, um, because I mean, I, I have my stainless steel one here in front of me and what I do is I, t- I get nervous about it, the, <laughs> some bacteria or something hanging out there. And especially can't see it. And I can't see it. So, uh, what I do, what I tend to do is I put boiling water into it just once a day. Yeah. Just to sterilize For it. safety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know whether I'm being over fussy about it. Probably but anyway. not. But I mean, I just do that just because I can, I guess, but I, I just boil some water up. Um, but I mean, if I really want to get weird about it, I'll start thinking to myself, you just waste a whole lot of electricity, but anyway, um, and water, um, and, and, and that's, that's the, the water bottle. Now, yep. what about your other products? Tell me about the rest of the product lines. So we do hand blown glass for everything. Um, yep. so you're opening the salt box now. It's also silicon. Um, I designed the shape of the glass to be incredibly elegant and sleek. So if you take off the lid off the cup, you'll see it's a little bit different to anything else. Yeah, it's got a lip on it. Yeah, so it's it's all about that positive experience. Just about getting your coffee in the morning. Yeah. Coffee, tea, whatever whatever your heart desires. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. vessel, essentially. And how are you going to get the cafes you know, in Bondi to start Oh, they're all these? on it. Are they? Absolutely. Yeah. So they do they sell these for you? Yep. Yeah, they, you could buy one of these, one of the coffee shops. Branded, in unbranded. Um, we've got thousands of incredible supportive stockists all over the world, really. And, and how's business going? So you got, I mean, I'm just showing you, showing t- two of the product lines, but there's obviously a, a whole lot of stuff that, yeah. that you do. So how's the business going? Like, so, you know, look, do you get forward orders or do, do, you, do you get stockers to buy it or is it sold individually to consumers? How's it work? So the whole shebang. Right. We sit in multiple different markets all over the world. So obviously we work with wholesale, direct retail online, through e-commerce. We work with distributors all over the world. Um, the beauty of this product is it doesn't sit in one space. We're in the coffee industry, the gift and homewares, pharmacies, medical, um, corporate, hotels, spas, everything you can think of, anywhere you can think of, this product sits. Yeah, it's a good gift. Exactly. It's one of the hardest things in the world is sometimes. How do you gifts. find a good gift? Yeah, totally. So the psychology behind my packaging is that. Yeah, yeah. This is the perfect gift. Yeah, so um, 
Is it just you? Is this your business or you got partners or how's it work? My mum's actually my business partner. Right, okay, cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's and amazing. And so it's your mum and, and where do you base yourself? I mean, is this one of those businesses where you can actually operate out of Byron Bay instead of having to operate out of uh, <laughs> an office in Ultima? Um, so our office is in Rose Bay and we've yeah. got a fantastic small team, but I've also got an office in London and New Zealand. So we operate globally, we distribute globally and we're stocked all over the world. And where do you uh, manufacture? Offshore in, in Shenzhen. Shen, in China? Yeah. And and how do you um, manage the quality the, the control? Quality I, QA, yeah. How do you control That's the quality? That's so important to us. So my family background is 30 to 35 years of product development in China. So I grew up in factories. So we have full-time agents that work amongst all our factories all day, 24-7. And obviously we visit very often. But so where, how many countries do you export to now? Or to, how many? We're we oh, getting- Many. Or, yeah. Well, we well, I'm like Singapore, Dubai, all over the UK, all over Europe, um, New Zealand, Hong Kong, China. Who, who's the most? Canada, where, where, where you find? US. What sort of data is coming up? Is saying these is interesting. You know, these people, this country, or this zone in this particular country is, or this particular gender is more interested in um, being being environmentally conscious than yeah. anyone else. Is there any data that's coming out of all this? Look. It's changing. It's literally changing monthly. So we have Australia that went through its fad of war on waste and that was booming. And then now the UK is coming in. So we're about to see a huge shift in the market in the UK and Europe. That's growing immensely. Have they been a bit slow? They're five years behind in everything. Right. What about America? Are they... uh... America is even worse. Is it? But it's there. It's present. It's a market because there's huge amount of people. Asian? What about the Asians? So this is what's happening. This is where we're going next. It's Dubai and Hong Kong and right. China. Like, a, is there a noticeable yeah. adoption of this? Yeah. And it's more so in the coffee industry than anything else. That's booming. Yeah. So people, because I mean, I, I, I'll be honest here, like, I, I forget, you know, like, <laughs> to, to carry the coffee. So what I've been doing is just getting my coffee there, not take, getting it done and taking it away. Which is perfect as well. But, um, because in mean, I only get a small coffee anyone that I could drink in a, a couple of minutes. But you've got to remember to take this thing with you. I mean, for me, yeah. that's too big because I don't have I'll a big coffee. I'll get you a four ounce. I like it with a small one, you know, like a yeah. small one. Yeah. Um, and then I, I guess you've got to leave it in your car, but then you've got to remember to take it inside and wash it. Because yeah. coffee's a coffee. It's a bit different to water. You've got to give it a bit of a clean, yeah. I guess. Look, I mean, we, have, we have our pouches, which is the solution for the cleanliness element. You just chuck it in, seal it tight, won't spill anywhere. But in terms of the memory, that takes time. Yeah. That's the connection to the product. We, based on the psychology of the design and the experience that I created, there's an addiction element. You're going to fall in love with your product. You can't help it. Right. Um, so you're always going to come back. And it's one of those things that we find a lot of our consumers don't just buy one. They actually end up buying five to seven within a year. And that's because they need more for themselves and then they need to give it to everybody else and share the love. Well, that's what we do. We want to convince ourselves or something. We try and convince everybody else. Well, how exciting is it when you learn something new? You want to share it with everybody else. Mm, well, so, no, it's, well, another way of looking at it is you're trying to justify what you've done by making sure <laughs> that everybody is doing the same thing. But that's okay. It doesn't matter. If, if that works, that works. I've run out of time. So we've run out of time, but I would like to know if there's anything you'd like to ask me because I've been asking all the questions. Based on the information that I've given you, um, What's one piece of advice off the bat you could give me? Well, if I was you, I would personally, that's you personally, I would um, enter into the debate as an activist. I like that. I would. I wouldn't step back. I, I, I don't think you should be worried about who you're going to offend because you're better off offending half the people and 
and uh, but attracting the other half, or yeah. at least a percentage of the other half, because if you sit on the sidelines and you don't do either, you don't you don't attract anybody. And I think you need to put a personality behind your brand. Yeah. So I think this all looks nice, it's beautifully designed, blah blah blah. It has the right story. There's a rising tide of people who want to engage with it. But you need to, that one connection is who's the person I engage with. Like I can go out and buy one of these things, but I'll go and buy the. I, I got choices. Like this thing here is called Oasis. The one I brought in is stainless steel. There's yours one sold, and there's another another. There's probably a dozen of them. <laughs> yeah. What difference is there between all of them if it's a person? Yeah. That that's the difference. Now, how do I express that as the person? Um, then I want to say, oh. I'll, I'll I'll get the song because I've been reading that Rebecca chick like she's been ripping into everybody and yeah I mean I might not necessarily agree with everything she's doing but I know who she is and I sort of resonate with that brand as a result of that and the great a person who did that in the home loan business and my is John Simons and John Simons created the Aussie brand by people wanting to deal with Aussie yeah not yeah not, as opposed to everybody else and John just made himself likable and. It's easier to make a product likable by making the person, putting a person in front of it. It's hard to build personality into this bottle, okay? It doesn't matter how good it is and, you know, how it feels and all that other stuff. That, that's great. But to me, that's a person to me, this one, your product doesn't feel much different in my hand than this one, that I, my one I brought with me this morning, you know, without, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But, <laughs> it's all good. I can take it. But, but. Because, you know, you might think that's perfect and that's your prescription. But what will make this more powerful, I think, to answer your question, the one thing I think you should do is if I know this is Rebecca's brand. Yeah. This is her thing. And she tells her story. And that gives, her story gives that brand personality. And it gives me a reason to buy that brand over and above anything else. Because right now, I'm not going to say the name of the other brand. I've got my hand here. But it's got no personality. It's just a black bottle with stainless steel inside it. Functionally, it does sort of the similar thing and it quells my um, feeling of um, guilt for <laughs> putting so many plastic exactly. bottles in the system. Yeah. That's a guilt re- uh, a, a guilt resolution. Yeah. Whereas what you, what I think would be good and powerful for you is I want to join Rebecca. I want to be part of what she's doing. And if you put yourself out there as the person, not the brand, but as the person. Yeah, I like that a lot. Rip in. Don't hold back. I like this. I think, mate, mate, change I think your, we're going to... Don't use my language because I swear my head off. But, <laughs> but, and don't be disrespectful to your Correct. people, but yeah. just prosecute your view. Be involved and be yeah. present yeah. in a bigger way. I and think that's the direction. Up. You know, like sometimes when we grow up, we don't want to be confrontational because confrontation, when you confront someone, it's confrontational to you mm. later. You know, you start, oh, shit, was that a bit mean? Or you start going down that, that, down that path. Can't please all people all the time, okay? Absolutely. That's what I'd be doing. And I, I reckon you've got the ability to do it from just sitting uh, here. You know no what you're doing. Doubt. You, you know what you're doing. You can, and by <laughs> I'll the way, be at the front. Don't and worry. And you know, like if you put stuff on Instagram, stuff like you can hide a little bit because uh, you can blame Instagram or some of that. You know, I mean, it's not really necessarily you. I mean, what I put up on my Instagram is not my thought every minute of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, and I can sort of retreat from it a little bit. It's sort of like a, a proxy for you. Yeah. It's so, you know, that it's not that bad. Um, I think it's get into it. phenomenal. I think that's the best advice I've heard in a long time. Take it on, as Freddie Fiddler was saying. Uh, <laughs> let's see if his blues can win tonight in the state of origin, but take it on. Challenge accepted. Good on you. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Thanks, Rebecca. 